0: I'd like to read a poem uh, before I bring the message. Um, this poem was written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, Bonhoeffer was a a Christian theologian. Um, he was a teacher in a seminary, uh, an underground seminary, for part of his teaching time. He um, he lived in the time of Hitler's reign in Germany and he resisted, spoke out against what Hitler was doing and he helped smuggle Jews and he he was part of a resistance movement against Hitler. But anyway, anyway, he ended up in prison and here's what he wrote. The title of my sermon is Who Am I? Who is God? And the title of this poem is Who Am I? And I've read testimonies of people that that were in were in prison with Bonhoeffer, and and they wrote what a comfort he was. He was like a pastor to them. There'd be these the Allies were bombing right near the prison, uh, the one prison they were in, and and he would help keep them calm and give them hope, and he would read scripture and pray with them. And so the fellow prisoners thought thought uh, really well of him. But here's here's what he wrote about himself. He says. Who am I? They often tell me I stepped from my cell's confinement calmly, cheerfully, firmly, like a squire from his country house. Who am I? They often tell me I used to speak to my wardens freely, friendly, and clearly, as though it were mine to command. Who am I? They also tell me I bore the days of misfortune equally, smilingly, proudly, like one accustomed to win. Am I then really all that which other men tell of? Or am I only what I myself know of myself? Restless longing and sick like a bird in a cage, struggling for breath as though hands were compressing my throat, yearning for colors, for flowers, for the wars of birds, thirsting for words of kindness, for neighborliness, tossing tossing in expectation of great events, powerlessly trembling for friends at an infinite distance, weary and, weary and empty at praying, thinking, and making, faint and ready to, to say farewell to it all. Who am I, this or the other? Am I one person today and tomorrow another? Am I both both at once, a hypocrite before others and before myself a contemptibly wabbegone weakling? Or is it something within me still like a beaten army fleeing in disorder from victory already achieved? Who am I? They mock me, these lonely questions of mine. Whoever I am, thou knowest, O God, I am thine. I like, like that. Come on. There's sometimes in life that I don't know who I am. <laughs> and um, I went. As a young person, I remember feeling, had many questions like that, went through a time of depression where I uh, certainly didn't know who I was, and um, who am I, who is God, Uh, do you ask these kinds of questions, who am I, where did I come from, Where, where am I going, what is the purpose of life, who is God, does he notice me? Does he care about me? What is he doing in the world? What is he doing for me? What claim does he have on me? What does he want me to do? How how does he want me to live? Well, I'll not answer all these questions. I hope uh, we'll answer some of them. And I'm asking myself uh, this morning, who am I to speak of Almighty God? And I'm asking God to help me And I only intend to say um, what he has told us about himself and his word. And you can correct me if I say more than that. Well, we'll meditate on some verses from the, the book of Genesis. And if you would like, you can follow me as I read some verses from, I think maybe from the first three chapters of Genesis. I'll read a number of verses about who God is and uh, what, how God describes uh, humans to be. I'll read the first two verses of Genesis 1 to start with. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was out form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And then, they, then there's the count of all that God created. And uh, I'll read from verse 26. Uh, and God said, "Let us make man." After all, all, of, all after he had created all the other very good things, God uh, created man. God said, and God said. And replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over everything that moveth upon the earth. Uh, Now verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. I think there's another translation that said it was uh, exceedingly good, everything that God had made. Now I'll read... Verse 15 of chapter 2, 15 to 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat thereof, not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest, therefore thou shalt surely die. That was God's command. Um, Then I'll read from chapter three, uh, uh, telling how Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command. I believe I'll start at verse four of chapter three. And the serpent said unto the woman, "You shall not, you shall not surely die. For God knoweth that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil." And the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. And she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. I'll read a bit further from verse 8. And they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, and said Who told you thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree where I have commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is it that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou hast cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust, Thou shalt eat all the days of thy life and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head I believe another translation says crush the the head and thou shalt bruise his heel and then he gave um, told Adam and Eve of their hardship to come and uh, drove them out of the garden. Well, Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning God. The book of Genesis gives the beginning of about everything that we know uh, around us in this on this earth and in, uh, about humanity, everything that we know about The start of it, all these things the universe, the earth, the light, life, man, families, sin, death, marriage, redemption, language, literature all kinds of things had their beginning right here in the book of Genesis. But God had no beginning. In the beginning, God was already present. And Yes, God was already there. God has always existed. God is eternal. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. God is the eternal, supreme God. He's the highest one. Uh, The Hebrew word for God here is Elohim, which is a plural word hinting of a triune God, uh, Elo- Elohim also means the highest being or, and the str- or the strong and mighty one. So God is eternal. We're talking about, asking, asking, talking about the question, who, who is God? God is eternal. He has always existed. He is the supreme being. He is God over everything. And then it says here in Genesis 1 also that God... In the beginning, God created. God is so powerful that he can create. He makes things out of nothing. With his wonderful intelligence, he designs things, and then he he, he designed things, and then he spoke them into existence here. Everything we see and know uh, here on the earth and in the heavens uh, God created all these things. You, you, you probably noticed news articles, it's been a couple months ago now, about um, how scientists have, have almost concretely identified a component of the atom that for a long time, I forget the man's name, had theorized this years ago, that there was this one component that Adam, that they, they haven't, hadn't really identified, they theorized it was there, but now they have enough evidence to, they, they, they haven't actually seen it, but they, they, they're quite sure it's there. It was called a great uh, breakthrough. And it's very interesting that they, the scientists, though some resist this, uh, uh, this name for it, as a common name, they call the, call, call, they're calling it the God particle. And they say that this discovery will help them understand the mysteries of mass and gravity. They haven't actually seen the article yet, this particle yet. It's too, too small, but they, they are quite sure it's a part of it, every atom. They know it's there. Well, it's been there all along ever since the beginning when God designed the atom. I know very little about these kinds of things. I was just trying to tell you what I thought I read. But it's very interesting. In the beginning, God created. Who is God? God is the intelligent designer and strong creator. God, this scripture, this word, tells us that God created the heaven and the earth. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let let there be firmament or atmosphere. Let the waters be divided. The waters on the face of the earth from the waters in the sky. And it was so. God said, let the dry land appear. Let the waters be gathered in oceans and seas and lakes and streams. And it was so. And God said, let the earth be filled with grass and herbs and flowers and fruit trees and every living uh, part of plant life. And it was so. And God set the, said, let there be lights. And God made two great lights, the sun and the moon, uh, one shown in the day and one shown in the night or reflected in the night. And he spoke into existence the innumerable stars and galaxies. And God said, let the waters be filled with living creatures, and may the birds fly over the earth in the sky. And all these things came into existence when God said so. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures, cattle, creeping things, all the animal kingdom. And it was so. And then God said, let us make man in our own image, after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish and the birds and the cattle. God created man in his own image, he made them male and female. God created it all, everything we see, feel, touch, hear, uh, God made everything. From the littlest grasshopper to the largest elephant, from the tiny violet to the mighty redwood, God made everything God made it all uh, doesn't make doesn't it make you want to worship this uh, this uh, powerful strong wonderful creator God and everything God created was good after each day when he created the things of that day he said it was he looked looked down on what he had made and he said it was good. And by the way, everything God has ever done has been good. Uh, creating the day and night was good, dividing the waters, making the atmosphere was good, placing the water and water and seas and oceans and rivers and lakes. Uh, that was all good. All the plants, the vegetation, the flowers, the trees, everything was good. The moon, sun, moon, and stars were all good. The birds and animals were all good. And uh, then when God created man and woman, our human parents, uh, created in the image of God, uh, they were good. And after all his creating, uh, God stepped back to have a look and behold, everything was exceedingly good. Intelligent, powerful creator God who only created good and has only done good uh, throughout all his eternal existence. Everything he created was good because he is purely and wholly good not only is God good, he's right and just. He, morally, God is absolutely right all the time. He was right when he created man and told them to rule over the creation and care for it. He was right when he created the, the woman to be a helper suitable for the man to com- complement him spiritually, emotionally, mentally, socially, physically. And God was right when he said eat of every tree of the garden freely but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for if you do eat you shall surely die. God is absolutely right and he's absolutely just and what he commanded was right and just. God was right in asking Adam and Eve uh, to believe in him, trust him, and obey him. And he was right in, in saying that there, if they dis- disbelieve and disobeyed him, there would be consequences of punishment, and the, con- the, the consequence would be death. Every, every command God has ever given to man is right, and uh, it's, it's for the good of mankind. Every principle that God has ever given to us in his word to help us through life's questions and perplexities and whatever we face in life, all those principles, every one, are right and good. In these last days, uh, he has spoken to us clearly, more clearly, by his, uh, through the life and teaching of his son, Jesus Christ, And uh, all that Jesus has taught us and modeled for us in the New Testament, all all is wonderfully good and right. Now back to God's uh, punishment or consequence where God basically said to Adam and Eve, if you disbelieve and disobey me, you shall surely die. God is just. And God will punish wrongdoing. But God is also merciful and provides for forgiveness while maintaining his just justice. In Jesus, we can be forgiven our sins and saved from the punishment of his wrath. The Bible says if we're faithful and just, if we're faithful to confess our sin, God is If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and uh, and cleanse us from all wrongdoing. he, He can justly forgive us because of Jesus' sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. Thank God he is forgiving and we can be saved from the wrath of his punishment. Here in the Genesis account, we have the first glimpse of God's plan of redemption and forgiveness. And it's very interesting that he first said it to uh, Satan. He said that the, the seed the of the woman will, cry, will rise up to crush uh, Satan's head. And Satan will only be able to bruise his heel. He was talking about Jesus Christ who would win, win the great victory over Satan and crush him in defeat. Just talking about who God is, the wonderful, strong creator God, who is sovereign sovereign, and uh, the highest one over everything. Now, we turn to the, our thoughts to the question, who am I, who, who are you, who am I? We're sons and daughters of Adam. Adam and Eve were created in God's image Created in God's likeness. Uh, this couldn't, I think, partly means that we're we're created spiritual beings with com- com- capacity to have a communion with God. He made us intelligent, rational, relational, volitional. Um, this, this may be some of what it means to be, I think some of some of this of being in God's image is is somewhat of a mystery, but these are some of the things that that were like God. He made Adam and Eve and us uh, superior to the rest of creation. Uh, The humans were the crowning glory of God's creation. The The only part of God's creation that God said were made in His likeness and His image. So Adam and Eve were very special to God above all of the rest of creation and we are too. God talked with Adam in the garden. He communed with them daily it seems and uh, so we, we are as human beings, you and I are very special to God. And he uh, wants us and originally he made Adam and Eve to have a very close relationship with them. They they strayed from him, but God still desires to have a close relationship with every human being. Another way that Adam was created in God's image was that he was morally good. He was a perfectly good human being. But Adam fell into sin, and a great and awful change took place in Adam. He became a sinner. He left God's kingdom and came under Satan's dominion. The sin nature took dominion uh, in his soul, where before all had been good and pure and holy, Uh, sin entered uh, Adam and Eve's soul. And the Bible says that this sin nature was passed on to all of Adam's descendants including every one of us. Romans five fourteen, Sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all men because all have sinned. <sighs> Who am I? I'm a sinner. That's what the Bible says. Created in the image of God, but fallen. I believe we're but a shadow of... Of what Adam and Eve were in the beginning, and unless I, I forget to say it again, say this again, I believe that Jesus Christ is the one who shows us what a real human being is, is supposed to be, what, what God meant for human beings to be. Now, Jesus was someone extra special. He was the God-Man, but he, he was a human being, and he came to show us. Uh, how human beings are to be, God redeeming them, and also how we should live. You will notice that our sin is the same as Adam's sin. Adam wanted to live independent from God, and we as fallen human beings uh, want to take our own way and do our own thing. Adam wanted to be wise, that was pride, a desire to have a high place and we in our sinfulness want to be superior to our fellows and revered by them. Adam and Eve looked on the fruit and they, they saw that it looked good to eat. This would be the sin of lust and we as sinners have twisted and disordered distorted desires that will lead us to sin. Adam doubted God. He questioned his goodness and he disobeyed God. And Each one of us have have doubted God. We've we've questioned that he's good and we've disobeyed him. Adam uh, fell out of God's kingdom and ended up under Satan's rule. Who am I? Yes, in some ways, uh, we're like God. We're made in God's image. We're very special to God. But we, as, as ho- fallen human beings, have been broken and damaged and twisted. And God, God, but God wants to restore us into his image. His perfect image. We need desperately need help and being redeemed and restored. And what we need is a Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Someone who can change a sinful heart and make it good. Someone who can take us out of Satan's kingdom and make us a child of God. Someone who can restore us. Uh, to God's image. And really I believe that work is, is uh, like it says in Romans 8, that God has predestined us to be conformed to the image of Christ. Really, and I think in a nutshell, that's what the Christian life is all about, is, is God taking a sinner and uh, forgiving their sin and cleansing their heart, and then, then do, doing... And, and the new birth is a, is a wonderful start and, and becoming, being restored to the image of God. But after the new birth, then there's a process where God is working to renew our minds. And Romans 8 talks about how God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are working for our good and, and uh, all the events of life. And the Word of God is working on us, and the Spirit of God is moving on in, in us all to change us to be like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the express image of God. And so when, when, when God's purpose for us is to become like Jesus Christ, he's restoring, him, restoring us to his image. We need Jesus to forgive our sins and to wash us clean. We need Jesus to change our sinful heart, Jesus' Holy Spirit to crucify and def- dethrone the sin nature that has ruled in our hearts before we knew, knew him. With its, with its independence and pride and lust and selfishness, for that to be dethroned, uh, no longer be the dominating uh, force in our soul, for the sin nat- nature to be rep- Replaced with Jesus' sweet Holy Spirit, so that the motivation of our heart is goodness and to love and to be morally good. How we need Jesus. And He calls to us to come to Him to be forgiven and made whole and to become a human being restored to God's image, like Adam was initially and like Jesus Christ is in His wonderful person. I'm just summarizing here. Who is God? He is eternal. He is a wonderful, intelligent designer. The strong creator of all things. He is completely good. All he made was good. All he's ever done is good. God is right. His every command and principle are right. He's always been right. Everything he's ever done or said is right. God is just and fair. And... uh, He is just in declaring that sin must be punished, but he is also loving and merciful and has provided uh, through Jesus that sin can be forgiven and that we can escape the wrath of God. I know I'm repeating, repeating myself. Who am I? You and I, like Adam, are made in the image of God. We're really special to God. He's made us to have a relationship with Him. And He's also, I haven't mentioned this yet, but He's also in the business of restoring human relationships. Jesus makes all the difference in in human relationships. There's great hope for us in Jesus Christ to be forgiven and for our hearts to be transformed by the Holy Spirit and our very person and character and and living be restored to the image of God. Jesus is able to change us. Who am I? Yes, I'm a sinner, but I can be a child of God. I can be forgiven and clean and being be changed into God, God's likeness and on, on my way to heaven, and you can too. Who am I? What is my pur- purpose in life? God's purpose for us is to be restored to the image of God, which is the same thing as be, is to become like Jesus Christ. to be like Jesus. That's not like putting a a piece of, a pretty piece of china on the shelf to admire it. It's not like uh, being in church and saying, my, how spiritual that person is. (laughs) But being like Jesus is like a light shining in a dark world. It's like salt being rubbed in a spoiling humanity. It's uh, being like Jesus going out and to every day the world every day and uh, being a part of sa- people being saved and healing and comforting and redeeming mankind. So I'd just like to say and encourage you this morning that I I just think it's it's exciting to be a Christian. It's humbling to know that we're sinners and that that we need to stay humble in light of who we are and who we have been. But I'm just so thankful to be that Jesus Christ is our hope, that God, God is this wonderful, strong creator God, uh, that he's his commands and his principles are right. His his punishment on sin is right. But but he's also a merciful, merciful and forgiving God. And he really wants to redeem us and to restore us into God's image. May God bless you. Let's have a closing song.